so you could have heard the Arkansas debate <laughs> trying to go for senator or whatever he was going for. If you missed that, you got to get it, president. You got to get it. I'm going to try to do it again on YouTube. Donnie's from Arkansas, as you heard, and he got up and did something very funny. So we're going to have him do it and put it up on YouTube, but I, I got to do it again when I'm not laughing so hard in the camera because my daughter was laughing at me, laughing at them. So it was good. We had a good talent show, amen? It was good. We had a good night. It's going to be a good night tonight. Uh, we've got some very special people in tonight. We've got two groups of special people. Uh, our, our pastors, our head pastor's grandchildren, and our other head pastor now's children, Elena and Evan, are here tonight. If you make them welcome, amen. Right there. They're here for a media thing, right? Here for a media thing in Dallas to continue to grow in the home church, which will trickle down to us. Amen. So we got spiritual royalty here tonight. Amen. We're glad to have you. Known them since they were, well, Evan, really young. Amen. I've been in the fellowship 14 years. It's been so neat to see them grow up. Our kids have grown up together, and uh, we're going to see them again on Monday at conference. So we're glad to have them here tonight. Make them feel welcome after. Amen. And also we've got uh, our good friend Tyrone back from the Army. Amen. Back in the back. Surprised us on Monday. Amen. So make sure you thank him for his service. Amen. And God's going to start putting his stuff back together now that he's out. So be praying for him. Get your Bibles open tonight to the book of Luke, if you would, chapter 10 in the Gospel of Luke. And I want to talk to you about something the Lord's put in my spirit tonight. And I want to remind you that this Sunday is going to be an awesome day. Many of us are going to be heading out for conference after service on Sunday. We're going to have an awesome service Sunday morning. We're going to have a movie Sunday night. Amen. We've been preaching on the rapture and the end times. And so you don't want to miss the movie Sunday night. Um, if you're not going to conference, make sure you're here. It's going to be a movie about ex everything I've been talking about. It's going to be impacting. It'll help you see it visually. And then uh, we'll be having regular service next Wednesday night. How many are going to do what we've been doing lately? We've been, I'm so proud of you. You've been coming to church no matter who's preaching, no matter who's here. Amen. We've been having good services and good attendance. So keep coming. Be, be faithful to, to the work. And then this Saturday, we've got discipleship. Amen. We've got discipleship at noon. So don't forget that. Men's discipleship at noon at Golden Corral. And then we're going to be playing some football after. So if you, if you want to get out there and sweat a little bit and run around. I, heard, I hear a lot of talking about people that can play football. So I want to see what you got. Amen. So we'll see you 12 o'clock on Saturday. Luke chapter 10. Sunday morning, I think it was, I preached on what we were going to do when we stand before Jesus. And how we were going to be rewarded for everything we've done. We talked about the judgment seat of Christ. How many were a little bit sobered in your spirit by listening to that message? Amen. I hope you were. You should have been. I was. When we begin to think about the fact that we're going to stand before a holy God and give an account for everything we've done. Not, not for salvation. Not for, not for works that would get us into heaven. But what we did for the Lord. It's a sobering thought, and some of us ought to be going, whoa, I better get to work. Amen. I've been sitting around too long. I need to do something for the Lord. How many can say tonight, I need to do something for the Lord? Amen. I need to get busy. The rest of y'all, I feel sorry for you on Judgment Day. Amen. Judgment Seat of Christ Day. Let me ask that again, because I know some people are still stuck on something else, what you got to do tomorrow. How many want to do something for the Lord, and when you stand before Jesus, have a crown? Amen. 
One of the ways that's going to happen is a four-letter word. Probably the biggest way, actually. And it's not fear. Fear is a good one. I can be honest with you. Sometimes the fear of the Lord moves me, and it's a good fear. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is fear. But I'm talking about another four-letter word, and it is, if you'll write this down tonight, if you'll write this down and you'll listen to this message and you'll begin to, to major in this and really, really, really walk in this tonight, you'll be amazed at what kind of crown you're going to get when you get to heaven. And if you don't get this tonight, if you don't understand this, if you don't let God place this in you, I promise you your crown will not be large. It is love. Love. We need more love. Amen? Genuine love. How many know there's a whole lot of false love in the world and fabricated love and fake love, hypocritical love, but we need genuine love. That's one of the things that we, I believe is making our church strong is the, the love that we have for one another. There's a genuine love in this church. Amen. We, I was telling Donnie today, is there, you know, it's fairly new to the church and uh, they've had rough past, got out of, the, out, of, out of serving and, had, you know, they had trust issues. And I told them, you know what? This is a church where we don't have it all together. We're not perfect. We all fail. We all make mistakes. But I can tell you there's a genuine love in this house for one another. Sometimes we don't know, always know how to show it perfect. That's because we're human. But I can tell you that this church has a genuine love. I love you genuinely. I may not always come across the right way. Others might not come across the right way. But I can tell you that there's a genuine love in this place. But God wants us to have even more. And if you're here and you don't feel like you're a loving person, I'm telling you, you better get saved. If you don't have love in you, you're not going to make it. Amen. And let me tell you why I love God tonight. Because he first loved me. Amen. First John says... God loves us. I love God because he first loved me. So let's look at this story tonight in Luke chapter 10. It's one that most of you have heard, I would imagine. And it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. So let's read these verses in chapter 10, verse 25. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said, What? is written in the law. What is your reading of it? That's a dangerous question. When Jesus asks you, what do you think? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Now, if you're taking notes right there, write down by that verse or line it out and put that that's the golden rule. You see that in several places in the gospel, and you've heard it growing up maybe if you grew up in church. But even if you didn't grow up in church, you've probably heard this saying, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. How many know life would be a lot different if we would treat other people like we want to be treated? Amen? Can you stop and think about that for a second? If you would just treat other people like you want to be treated. Now, before I get going on here, I want you to think about that for a second. This is Wednesday night. This is, the, this is the, the crowd that doesn't have to be there. This is the crowd that wants to be here. Amen? And we want to grow. This is the service where we can grow. And I want you to know that we, we've got to get to a place where we're not doing things any longer out of compulsion. But we're doing things because we genuinely love Jesus. 
and we genuinely love the Lord. Amen. And he's our life. We love him with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And you need to begin to start thinking, am I talking to other people the way I would want people to talk to me? Amen. It's a little bit hot, I think, Jeff, still. If you begin to think, am I, listen to this, am I talking about other people? Like I would want them to talk about me. Amen. Am I treating people like I would want them to treat me? You know, that hug, that handshake, that whatever. I'm not going to go into all the details. We're smart enough to understand what I'm saying. If we would just consciously, I know we all make the mistakes. We're human. We're all going to have a bad day. It's a bad day in church when everybody has a bad day at the same time. Right? That's when trouble happens. And, 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 and that happens, that we have a bad day. Wake up on the wrong side of the bed. We've got a bad attitude. But if we would consciously... Just say, God, today, as I, as I wake up and I pray, that's why it's so important to pray in the morning, I'd say, Lord, help me love people. If you don't ask for that, let me tell you something. You're not going to love people because we don't love people automatically. We don't feel like loving people automatically. It's not something that's in, in our, necessarily in our DNA. We want to be loved, but we don't necessarily want to love. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? And so we need to understand that if I want something back from somebody, I'm going to reap what I sow. I cannot expect to be mean to somebody or talk about somebody or treat somebody in a certain way and expect others to treat me like I want to be treated. I'm going to reap what I sow. I'm going to get back what I give. And I need to be conscious that, Lord, I want to treat people like you would treat them I want to treat people like I'd want to be treated. And how many would just be honest, if you'd think about that, you'd keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. Amen. Amen. And you'd probably feel better at night when you went to sleep. Amen. So as you get this and you write that down, love, write that golden rule down, love your neighbor as yourself. Then it goes on. Watch this. I haven't got to the story yet. 28. He says, you've answered right. Do this and you will live. But he, he wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Bad, bad, bad idea. Don't ask Jesus another question, right? <laughs> Who is my neighbor? Jesus says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. How many have heard the story? Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, and pouring on oil and wine, he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Then he says, So which of these three, dumb question, I mean, not a dumb question for Jesus, but an obvious question, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves. The guy said, obviously, 
he who showed mercy on him. And so Jesus said, then go and do the same thing. Amen? So this is a story that we've probably all heard, but we don't always like to really relate to it as much. We like to tell a story about somebody else, but be honest. I can tell you that being in Costa Rica, many times I walked by people like that. I've saw people like that on the side of the road. And there were certain times I stopped, certain times I didn't. I'll put myself on blast. Amen. I hope that I stopped more times than I didn't. But all the time you'd see people who had been beaten. They were alcoholics. This guy wasn't, this Bible doesn't say he was that case. But people who had been beaten for, for whatever, or they'd been robbed. They'd been, uh, you know, someone stole their stuff from them. And the guy was left for dead. And so we see in the story what God is saying here is there's too many people. You see the Levite and the, and the um, who was the other one? The Levite and the priest, okay, the pastor, and the Levite, the church member, walking by the person in need, and the heathen comes along and helps the person. Okay? And a Samaritan and a Jewish person were about as polar opposites as you could get. They did not like each other. The Samaritan was very looked down upon. Who knows what the man was thinking at first. Probably thinking this guy's coming to take something else from me when he started to help him. But something moved this man. And there's also another angle you can take on this story where Jesus is the, is the example there. And he died for those that were unworthy. And there's different angles you can take. But I want to talk tonight about four things that I see in this story that we need in our lives so that we can bear fruit. So that when we stand before Jesus, we're going to have crowns. Amen? We're going to have a lot more good being brought up than bad. Because remember we talked about on Sunday morning that when we stand at that judgment seat of Christ, everything, say everything. everything. Every, that's a lot, right? That's not some things. That's not a handful of things. That's everything we've done. Now, how many know eternity is a long time? You might think, how in the world are we going to sit there and go through every person's life? we got a lot of time on our hands. Okay, there's going to be no clock and no hurry. So we're going to be fine. And we're going to have to watch everything we've ever done, good or bad, the Bible says. Now, for those that weren't here Sunday morning, that's not going to be your sins. Okay? That's not going to be your sins because your sins are under the blood and they're not going to be there. No sin is going to be mentioned. Because you're going to be in the judgment seat of Christ. That's, that's not for sins. When he says bad, he means that things that meant nothing or things that were not with his, in his will. We talked about that, so I'm not going to go back into Sunday morning's message. But I want you to understand that if you want to, to stand before Jesus and hear those words in a powerful way, not a, not a grab the fire extinguisher, blow your behind out as you walk into heaven, come in. Amen, right? Because he says, he says, you'll be saved, but you'll be escaping the fire. So we've joked about that before. You're running in and <laughs> Peter's got the fire extinguisher on you. Flames are trying to get you. You just barely make it in. Amen. Some people have the wrong attitude and they believe, I would just be glad to be there. That's not the right attitude. You can say that right now, but you won't be saying it then. Amen. You're going to want to get something from Jesus so you can give it back to him. So four things that I see in this story, I want you to write them down if you're taking notes, is number one, the Bible says that this man walked along and the first thing that happened that did not happen to the other people 
was compassion filled him. Now, as I, write these, as I read these four things, and I ask you to write them down, I want you to think about them. It's a Wednesday night service. I want you to do your own examination. I know I do this a lot, but that's what the Bible's about. The Bible's a mirror. And I want you to ask yourself, am I this kind of person? Do I have at least an ounce of compassion? Amen. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or nudge your spouse. Amen. How many know some people that don't seem like they've got an ounce of compassion in them? I ain't seen the elbows move. That's good. Come on. Be real. I mean, where's Jesus in their lives? I'm not always saying you're going to do the right thing. But at least let something inside of you say, gosh, I should do something. I mean, you need to ask yourself, where's my walk with the Lord if you can look at somebody who's hurting and not hurt? Amen. I'm not saying that I'll always do the right thing or I'm not trying to call myself Brother Teresa or anything else. Amen. I'm not trying to put myself there, but I tell you, I got compassion. When I see someone hurting, it bothers me. I have, I guess they call it empathy, sympathy, whatever you want to call it. It bothers me. I can't always do something about it, but I can tell you that something inside of me hurts. And I, and, I, and I remember a time when I used to say, God, why do I have to feel so much pain for these people? Why do I care so much? And I remember times where I'd say, God, take that away, and then I'd stop myself before I finished the sentence and say, no, don't take it away, please. It's kind of a curse and a blessing, you know? But I think if you, church, if you don't have compassion... Again, like I said, Sunday, you need to hit the altars. You need to fall in love with Jesus again. We can't walk through this world and see this hurting world and not care. Amen. So he had compassion. And listen, he had compassion on somebody he did not know and somebody who was not his own people, and he stopped. I mean, we live in a busy world today. People don't stop. Number two. This is a really powerful thing. If you go on to verse 34 again, it says he went over to him and he bandaged his wounds. Now, how many have ever come come across somebody who's been in an accident or been beaten or been hurt bad? Anybody come along? I I personally need God to help me help in other areas because I'm not good at that. The compassion is there, and I'm not, I don't really have a weak stomach, but it bothers, it hurts me. It's almost like I put myself in their position, and I'm just one of those people that when I see somebody hurt, I remember a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, I was playing basketball, and this guy went up for a shot, and I heard like a screech, and I heard people going, ugh, and I looked down the court, and the guy's ankle was just hanging. So I didn't even go down there. I just prayed for him where I was because I can't do that. Amen? Is there anybody else in here like that? I just... God made different people different ways, amen? And I could never be a doctor I just, or, or definitely not a paramedic. Those people who show up and blood's everywhere. And, but this man, it doesn't say he was a doctor. It doesn't say he was a physician or a nurse. He was just probably a common man, maybe a businessman because he had some money, walking by and seeing a need. How many know he could have just easily said, hey, this guy's hurt. Come take care of him. I'll pay the bill. He did something more than that. He got out of his comfort zone. And he became unselfish, which is number two. 
unselfish. And he didn't just take care of the man going, hey, he didn't just like we do a lot of times go and say, hey, you okay? Right? How many have done that? Everything okay? And then you go, do you need anything? And you're hoping they don't say yes. No one ever thinks that. I know it's just me. I'm just putting myself on blast again, okay? It's just me. I'm giving my scenarios. Do you need anything? Well, yeah. Okay. Jesus loves you. He's going to send somebody else by. I'm going to tell somebody. Next person I see him. He could have done that. He actually got down, the Bible says, and began to take care of his wounds. If that had been me, that would have been some serious unselfishness because that's hard for me. Blood and seeing somebody hurting and all that stuff. Some people would be easier for it. And watch what he did. He wasn't just unselfish in the aspect that he, he went out of his comfort zone. But look what he did too. Poured the oil and the wine on his wounds and then he set him on his own animal. So... Today, that'd be like us driving up to a situation, taking that bloody person, and let's say this person's got money because it looks like they do when we get a little further on. They had to have had some resources. And, and they take this person, and let's say they got a you know, nice new car. It doesn't even have to be something flamboyant, but it's new. It's got new seats. And they take this bloody person and put them inside their car instead of calling an ambulance. That's unselfish. Right? Right? So he puts his on his own animal and takes him to an inn. Obviously, we know that his, his uh, injuries were not life-threatening because he went to an inn and not a hospital. Takes him to an inn, and it says, took care of him. How many know that this stuff this guy's doing is not a two-minute situation? I mean, this stopped his day. This changed everything. He, he totally went out of his way. Write Romans 12, 15 down. I got ahead of myself for compassion. I wanted to give you a verse for each of these. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, Romans 12, 15. I mean, that's a godly attitude. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I've talked about this before. Somebody gets up here and says a testimony. There's two types of attitudes when the testimony is given. One attitude of jealousy And one attitude of, yes, praise God. I'm so glad you got a new car. I'm so glad you just got a new house. I'm glad for you. Amen? That and those that just got excited are the ones I'm talking about. Amen. Ain't right? Or the, oh, good, great. Right? Two types of attitudes. This, this, we have to have that, that attitude that when someone's happy, I'm happy with them. When someone's hurting, I'm hurting with them. Genuine compassion. The second one was unselfishness. Romans 12.10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, listen to this, giving preference to one another. What does that mean, giving preference to one? That means I'm putting you first over me. Come on, y'all listening to me tonight, right? This is a good message to help you. Really, really walk in some fruit. Really see some fruit in your lives. So number one is compassion. Number two is unselfishness. What else? This is a big one right here. Number three. Maybe you'll pick up on this as we're reading this. He did not have 
prejudice. Can you say amen? amen. Look around this church and see that that is our, our push, our belief. Amen? We embrace. We embrace everybody. We embrace color. We embrace races. We embrace uh, social, social statuses. We want everything mixed together just like heaven's going to be. Amen? And th that, that whole all white, all black, all Mexican, all Indian, all whatever church is not of God. Can you say amen? We're supposed to be together. Amen? So he was a person who did not have any racism in him because he walked up as a Jew. We know he was a Jew because he's coming from Jerusalem. And they didn't say it was anything else. We, said, we saw Levite, we saw, we saw priest, we saw Samaritan. So it's most likely he was a Jew, and that would have been the biggest clash with a Samaritan. And so this Jewish person is saying, oh, mo and we know why the Levite walked by. We know why even the preacher walked by. Because it wasn't the same color, or same race, or same place. And thought, man, I can't help this person even if I wanted to because I'd be looked down on and all these different things. This man walked along and didn't care what that person looked like. Amen. Now, I'm going to stop here just for a second. You're here. I know you love the Lord. But maybe God can continue to work on you tonight to where you do not have any prejudice in your life. Amen. Don't make me stay here for a little while. Amen? None. Zero. Well, you don't know what so-and-so did to me. That's one person. Y'all making me stay. I need a few more amens so I can move on. Amen. You don't know what so-and-so did to me. Amen. We need to love everybody. And if you know me and you know my heart, you know me and what I believe and how I feel about this, and I'm, I'm, I really, really, really want you to get this as a believer. You are not better than anybody else. Nobody else is better than you. We're all on the same ground. Amen. Come on, get past this a little fast if I get a little help. Maybe it's something you struggle with. God help you. God help you. Racism is not of God. Prejudice is not of God. You know, it's not just a color and a race thing. Prejudice means that you have a, a, a difference with somebody, whether it's a social status, whether it's the, the way where they work, whatever. There's all kinds of things you can be prejudiced on. But we cannot be that way. Amen? We can't say, oh, I'm not going to talk to so-and-so because of this or that. We need to love everybody. Amen? And we need to love them like we want them to love us. And we should actually embrace that. We should actually love that. Do you realize how boring this world would be if everybody looked like you? I've been putting myself on blast all night, so I put you on once. Can you say amen? And the prideful ones go, it'd be good. It'd be good if everyone looked like me. Galatians 3.28, listen to what God's word says. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. You want to be effective? Listen, this is one thing right here. It's going to leave a whole bunch of people without rewards. And you can sit in a church that's multicultural and still have issues. Better take it to the altar. Amen? Because you're going to have to put up with them for eternity. Better get it taken care of right now. 
Because I promise you, God's sense of humor, he'll have them right next to you the whole time for eternity. Amen? Whoever you got an issue with is going to be your best friend in heaven. God's going to say, yeah, gotcha. You better get it together right now. Amen? God is a big God, and he, I'm telling you, he's, how many know he's got a sense of humor? Right? He was not a racist person. He got past that. He said, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to take care of this person because of the love God's put in my life. No matter what. And the last one is, he was generous. He was generous. Look what this guy did. Verse 35. Took him to an end at the end of 34. Verse 35. He, when he departed, he took out two denarii and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. Now, one denarii would be a day's wage. Okay? One denarii would be a day's wage. So he paid that keeper two days' worth of work for the first night just to stay there. That's two days' worth of work. $50, $75, $100, whatever. He put out $100, $150, like going to some hotel. And it, for that price, it wasn't like a Motel 6. He put them in a decent place. Right? He didn't put them in the place where there's going to be bed bugs. He took them to a nice one. Nice enough to not get bed bugs. Right? And he paid two denarii for what he was staying. And then he said, if anything else, we don't know what else he spent. How many know that's generous? We don't really know what else he spent. But he said, if there's another tab when I come back through, I'll take care of it. There's generosity. I want you to ask yourself tonight. Are you, don't answer, don't lift your hand. Are you a generous person? Are you generous? Or is that an area that you need to work on? Amen. I know people, man, I, I know people. I'm just going to pick on somebody. Don't, nobody knows them. Anybody, just people. Nobody in here. Amen. Just people. Man, they lend you something, and it is written down in stone, the day, the hour, what it looked like. Take pictures. I mean, it's... You, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's like, it's like that's the only thing they own, right? You guys sound like you guys know some people like that. Can I borrow? And if you ask them to borrow something, I mean, it's like, did you just ask me to give you my wife? Come on. I'm just going to be honest. If I have something, you can have it. And God's going to give me, if it don't come back, God's going to give me another one. Amen. I, he's just going to take care of it. I just don't care. I think that's the kind of attitude. I'm not saying you just throw stuff around. Let me tell you something. I, I love to give clothes. I love to give clothes away. I love to buy things for people. I love to give things away. I, I, I sometimes don't understand why I'm not a millionaire because I, I guess I'd give it away. I love to give. Amen. I'm generous. I, I love to give. I love to be a blessing to people. Man, if you're stingy and, and everything sticks to your hands, hit the altar. Amen. You need to get saved. Come on. Are you generous? Do you like to give? This man was generous. I mean, think about it. He could have just, again, he could have just said, hey, are you all right? Hey, let me, uh, let me give you, you know, here's 25 cents. Here, here's a dollar. Whatever. He took the time, compassion filled him. So he went the extra mile. Then he was unselfish. He said, I'm not going to worry about my car, my horse, 
my reputation. What it, what it seems like to me, as I read this story again, it seems like to me like this person had a relationship with the Lord and cared more about his father in heaven than what people thought, what his bank account had, what his car looked like, amen, anything else. He had a relationship, and that kind of seems like what the first guy answered, which was love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. How many know if you'd get that revelation tonight, and we'd get that revelation tonight, we would see more fruit in our lives than we could ever, ever even contain because God would pour out blessings upon us. Amen. If we just get that spirit and attitude. Now, I know there's days you don't, you might, this might be that day. This, this thing's flying off of you like crazy. It's bouncing back and hit me in the face. Amen. Maybe it's a bad day. Listen to it later on the podcast and you, a better day and maybe you'll grasp it. Amen. I'm not saying anybody's not getting it, but there's certain days you don't want to help anybody, including yourself. Amen. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand if they're having one of those days. We have those days. But it shouldn't be a monthly thing or a weekly thing or a quite frequent thing. It should be every once in a while, and we should get past it at the altar. Amen. God, change my heart. Get me right with you. A few of you are getting this tonight. I want to stand before the Lord. And I want him to be happy with me. Amen. I cannot say this enough. I cannot reiterate this enough. I cannot tell you this enough as a, as a warning that you're going to thank me someday that I preached a message that would push you out of your comfort zone to be better. And I'm speaking to myself. We all need to do this. And you know where it starts, church? It doesn't just start outside. It starts in here. And listen, I'm honest. God is watching me. I'm not preaching this because anything has happened. But maintenance is good. There's not one situation I'm thinking of or one thing I've heard. No, I believe that, matter of fact, our church is as strong as it's ever been. There's a great attitude. There's a great spirit. There's a great unity in our church. Amen? God's moving. God's doing great things. But I want to go to the next level. And we need to get to a place where we just die to ourselves and say, God, how can I be more compassionate? How can I be more unselfish? How can I be less prejudiced? And how can I be more giving? More generous. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, that was pretty good. I can move on. Musicians, you can come tonight. Love. 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 Easy to say. Hard to do. How many would promise me tonight as we walk out of here that you would try to just at least be conscious of these things going forward. You just be conscious of it. God, help me try to treat other people like I want them to treat me. If somebody's saying something about somebody, maybe I say, man, I, don't, I think I might stop that because I don't think I'd want someone talking about me like that. If somebody's mad at somebody, I don't think I'd want somebody mad at me like that. If somebody, whatever, whatever, you fill in the blanks. But that's a pure and honest, loving heart of God that says, God, help me, help, help me love people. 
Amen? We can't expect to, to be like that and make it to heaven. And so God wants us to, to tonight to really think about this and really focus on these things. You know, I gave you four things. You might think, oh my goodness, that's a lot. Four things? How about you just pick one and work on it? But don't pick the easy one. Okay, don't pick the easy. Pick the hard one. Try to look at these four things. Compassion, unselfishness, not being prejudiced, or generosity. And say, God, as we come up to the altar tonight, this is my challenge to you. Now I have this plan. I'm just thinking about it right now. Why don't you think about those? I'm going to give you just a second. While they're getting ready, just think about that for a second. I'm going to say the words again. Compassion. Unselfishness. Prejudice. Generosity. I think one of our problems sometimes is we try to do too much at once. We try to do it all at once and then we don't get anything done. Some of you might be saying, I, I'm bad in all four of those areas. Praise God that you're being honest. Some of you, unfortunately, might be saying, I'm good in all four of those areas. And you probably aren't. Right? Well, that one passed back at me, too. Only God knows. But pick one. Say, which one of those four things do I struggle with the most? Say, God, tonight... Tonight, first, first Wednesday night of October, 2013, I'm going to work on that one thing. I'm going to ask you to help me every day. Write the date down. Maybe in a couple weeks or a month, go back and look at the date and say, Lord, how am I doing? How am I doing? Amen? How am I doing? Am I more compassionate than I was a month ago? Am I more unselfish than I was? How many know those are all things you're always going to have to fight? You're all going to have to fight them all. Amen? But you'll see that as you do these things, they're going to come out of one thing that really matters, and that's your relationship with Jesus. If you're working on your relationship with Jesus, the vertical relationship with God, you're going to see these things work out. God's going to place that compassion in you. God's going to make you less selfish. God's going to help you be more generous. God's going to help you love everybody like God loves everybody. Amen? And I'm telling you, it's going to build the church. It's going to grow. People are going to continue to come in, and they're going to feel the genuine love that exists already. But can we get better tonight? Can we be more loving? Can we be less hypocritical? Can we be less condemning, less selfish? Amen? And really, really, really say, God, I want to see a move of God in my life. So that I can, again, this goes back to church. This isn't just for right now. This isn't for 2013 or 14. This is for heaven. This is eternity we're talking about. I'm trying to help you have a good reward ceremony. Amen. I want you to be happy. Father, we thank you tonight for your word.